Thank you for tuning in to the Lesson Unpack That podcast. I'm your host, Lyle Barons. Today, we will be unpacking levels of racism and racial bias. There's this thing where it's like, if you don't use racial slurs, you don't commit hate crimes, you're not actively stopping somebody from getting bank loans or throwing niggas in jail, it's like you're not racist. And I believe there are people that do not use racial slurs. I believe that there are people that have friends of all different types of ethnicities and sexual orientations and all that. And I believe they're fucking racist and toxic and they think some like really fucked up shit. And if you ask them, you know, basically if we did some unpacking, we'd see that like, wow, you kind of, you kind of a fucked up person, you know? So we're going to get in all that. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Please subscribe on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, share the podcast with a friend, all that good stuff. Enjoy the show and enjoy your motherfucking weekend. So like I say, I like to have the fight up front. Before I get into unpacking all the racial bias and racism and uh, coded racism that other ethnicities do and all this shit, let's put Lyle Barron's on the stand. Let's talk about Lyle Barron's racism and racial bias and things he doesn't like in his preconceived notions. Let's, let's get into my bullshit, all right? Let's start it off. Uh, white women. I'm going to keep this one quick because I talk about things I don't like about them a lot on here. But here's just one. Their brand of feminism has really fucked up America. And I I am a, fem- a feminist. I do believe. I, I didn't say that convincingly at all, did I? <laughs> no, I, no, but I am a feminist. I do believe that women should be getting paid the same to do a man's job. I believe that women should not uh, be in fear and whatever the fuck else they're fighting for, okay? I'm with that shit. What I don't like about the brand of white feminism is one, and I think I said this maybe a few pods ago, but it is clearly just really about white women. And the thing that white women do is there's this thing where I mean, because, yeah, there is male privilege, but one thing that comes with male privileges, there is bullshit that comes with that. And the thing with white women is like, you know, they want like they want to have their cake and eat it. And then anytime something's not going their way, they just pull out a pussy parachute and go, well, I'm a woman and da, 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 da. It's like, no, well, do you want to be treated equally or do you want to be treated like a woman? Because a lot of treatment from men is yeah, you're going to get talked down to and shit's going to be talked and, you know, things are going to be kind of fucked up. I mean, I'm giving like a very quick version of this because I want to run through this and I've unpacked this on other episodes that I'm going to make my point more clear on another episode. But that is a thing is they want to have their cake and eat it. Um, white men, another one I've talked about a lot on here. So I'll just say they gave us the white woman and keep moving. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but really, I think they have too much unearned bias. And by unearned bias, it's more off of assumptions from a TV or a statistic than experiences. The other thing is white men don't have an identity. Because I think a lot of, I don't think white women have this problem as much because the white woman's identity is in her femininity. Here's a story. I was doing a show at this bowling alley in Concord. It's called Clayton 
uh, Valley Bowl that uh, the the lovely Dan Myers runs. <laughs> and uh, long story short, after the show, I'm like just kind of talking to some of the comics, getting ready, having like my last drink, getting ready to head out. And this big white boy comes up to me, just like looks like a big farm hand. He looks like he'd be like on one of those videos. It's like, here's how you you, you do a tractor in Alaska. Here's the, here's how you do a land cruiser through snow. Here's how you cook bear meat. Like he looked like one of them motherfuckers. So anyway, so he comes up to me and he's like, uh, yeah, yeah, you were real funny. Da, 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 da. I'm like, oh yeah, appreciate it. He's like, hey, could I buy you a drink? And I was like, nigga, all right, I guess. <laughs> like, you know, I'm like, all right, let's. Let's take this chance, even though I really did. I, I didn't want that. So then, because I, I, and this was something I unpacked on the first episode, is that some of these motherfuckers, they buy you a drink basically to hold you hostage and just listen to their bullshit. And like, I don't be trying to, but like, if I feel like you're not really a fan of mine, like, I, I ain't trying to be like, if I feel like you really fuck with me, then cool, let's chop it up. But anyway, so he's like talking to him, like, oh yeah, appreciate it. And just some generic shit. I'm not really paying attention. And then he's like, hey, so, um, how come like black pride parades are okay, but white pride parades are not okay? And I'm like, fuck! Knew I should have taken that goddamn drink. And I apologize if I've told this story before, but um I was basically like, yeah, um, because white pride kind of symbolizes like neo-Nazi KKK type shit. Nobody has a problem with Italian pride, with Greek pride, with Jewish pride, uh with Irish pride, like, we all love that shit, we all want to, you know, we love Irish pride, we love a reason to have a beer and a, a shot of something, we love fucking go to the Italian and grab a chicken parm, we go to the Greek spot, grab a gyro, like, we love experiencing other cultures, foods, and all that shit, white pride, because it, it doesn't really mean, it doesn't mean the same fucking shit, idiot, like, and he's like, I, I, I obviously didn't say it like that, but he was like, oh, okay, so I just wondered, you know, and it's like, this nigga didn't hear what the fuck I said. He just wanted somebody to say this to. <laughs> it's like, you got the fucking answer, dummy. And I said it again and blah, 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 blah. And then I was like, I was like, okay, got it. And I said it to him like, all right, you need to get the fuck up out of my face. And he's like, okay, yeah, yeah, cool. One another drink. I'm like, nah, bro, I'm good. Anyways, and that's like the, the lighter version of that, but... Yeah, like white white men, they they just don't have an identity, and when you don't have something that you can relate to, I think you kind of end up becoming a weirdo. Indian guys, they had this thing that white guys have, and I see it in some Nigerians too. It's this: I'm gonna push my weight around and fuck you, and not like sexually fuck you, like mm, fuck you, you know. I remember one time, like, especially, like, older Indian men, and it's in younger Indian men, too, but I don't know if it's, like, because Indian men are kind of, like, the white people of their country. I don't know all the history and shit about it. So, again, I'm going to come off a little ignorant. But <laughs> somebody's listening to this, like, well, I think you already passed that mark, Mr. Barons. No, but, like, old Indian guys have, like, this thing where it's just, like, no, no, this is what we're doing, and da 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 Like, I remember I went to like this Indian restaurant I went to, it was next to a venue I would perform at. And I went during the day and I was just like, yeah, shit, let me, let me get something from here. And I wanted to get like a to-go order and then dudes, dudes like, 
No, no, we have the buffet. Get the buffet. And then I was like, no, but I don't like that shit. Don't be spicy. The shit be bland as fuck. He's like, no, no, get the buffet. You need to get the buffet. No, trust me, trust me. This is good. It's all the same stuff. It's all the same. It's on our menu. Come on, get it, get it. And I was like, and this motherfucker's like literally pushing me to a table and all this shit. Then fast forward, like that shit was bland as hell. I'm like, nigga, I want some lamb vindaloo. I don't want this like shit y'all feed like white people who can't take spice, nigga. The fuck is wrong with you? But anyway, so that's like one example. The other is I remember being like at, at like uh, this liquor store in the valley when I was living in uh, LA, and I'm going to like meet up with some friends. So I'm getting like a little, uh, just a little pint of something to go. And I'm trying to, I was like trying to get like some like name brand rapper. I was trying to get like some Hennessy or Ciroc or some shit. And then he's like, no, no, that is too expensive. Trust me, get this, get this. No, this is any, it was this thing called like Wolf Vodka. And he's like, trust me, this is just as good. It's fine. And it was like a little plastic thing. It's like, no, save your money. <laughs> I don't know if he had to like sell a certain number of cases or like he was like some Armenians were starting in and he owed somebody some money. Like he, that shit was awful, but it was really cheap. And or I don't know if he just looked at me like, no, you are broke. You are poor. If you're going to be poor, drink good. You know, save your money. He's <laughs> like, no, they spend a little bit of money each time versus spending a bunch of money on Hennessy. And then they spend that money on Hennessy. You don't see them for two weeks. I don't know what type of like nigga calculations he was doing in his head. That was like forcing the situation, man. And another time, man, it was this dude. So this is like 2013. And this is like that weird time in like comedy show promotions where there was a little bit of old school, new school. And I was still like doing online flyers. And it was a mixture of like promotion for my vanity. People go, what's the flyer? I want to share the flyer. Now I don't even fuck with flyers anymore. I'm like, man, there's the link. Cop the shit. You know what to do. And if they really want to come, they'll get it. But so anyways, I make these flyers, right? And I would be like, boom, here's what I want. I want it to look like this. Here's the template. And then he'd be like, no, no, you need to sit down with me. We'll work on this together. And I'd just be sitting with him for like two, three hours. Like, and he did like my company and all that shit. But at the same time, it's like, bro, come on. I'm like a, I'm like a 23, 22, 23-year-old nigga. You like a 52-year-old Indian man. Like, you know. So anyway, so that shit... <laughs> like we we got into like a a 30 minute argument one time because at the top of laugh city which is you know the the production name i was he was like put lyle barons presents i'm like i don't want lyle barons presents he's like no it is your company they need to know it is you and i'm like you don't have sanjeev copy world outside of your shop like you sound like a fucking douchebag like it's it's not like saying like Magic Johnson's TGI Fridays or Magic Johnson's movie theater. Like I'm not, it's like, no, but they need to know you are a performer. You, they need to know it is you. I'm like, I kind of don't even, I don't even know if I want them all to know it's me. I kind of do and for like, you know, I don't want a bunch of comics in my DMs that fucking suck. Anyway, so that was like a 30 and it's like, my guy, I am paying you. You are an independent contractor. I don't want to be here. I want to fucking go. Like, Anyways, the niggas like to control the situations. Uh, the, the young Indian uh, men, uh, especially the comics, they jack nigga swag. All right, moving on. White people, they're just two in their ways. Did I already do them? All right, yeah, whatever. Um, Asians, but Chinese especially. They have this thing like when they're in charge of something that's like easy. 
you know, and just like, hey, you know, I don't, I don't have my pass. Is it, can you just let me in? You see me here all the time. I know I see you in here all the time, but I can't let you through because those are the rules. I'm sorry, but those look, yes, I know I've seen you a hundred times, but you need your pass. That's just how it is. And then let the the uh, shoe be on the other foot. It's like, come on, can you just like make the rules for me, please? Come on, can you just adjust it? That's like, you know, uh, shit, let's move on. I'd say more about the Chinese, but not during these times. Uh, Africans. Before I, I go into Africans, let me just say, I'm tired of black people to be saying shit like, they're trying to divide us. We are all African. Nigga, I mean, yeah, they are trying to fucking divide us. But they do look down on us. <laughs> they, they, they fucking do. And you know what? I'll even throw in some some Caribbean blacks. Because I'm, I'm making the same point. They look down on us. They've said shit like black people need to get over slavery and black women enable black men. To me, nigger is a feeling. Just like being a nigger is a feeling. Remarks that feel like nigger is like that. Like black people need to get over shit. And only an outsider is capable of that. And when I say nigger isn't a feeling, I mean you are dismissing racism and my experience in a flippant way. And that is something that, like, fucking Africans and some Caribbeans will do. Like, you know, you black Americans, you guys have this, this. And it's like, yeah, let's see how the fuck your country is, nigger. Mexicans. They are very into the world that is around them. And they're kind of mean in their own way. Like they heard their grandma talk shit and like they never looked back. <laughs> like that's how they show love. <laughs> like they'll talk about your physical appearance and it kind of fucks you up because Mexicans are very good at sharing so it strings so it stings extra. They'll be like, like they'll be like, hey, here, have some food. Thank you. Yeah, I know your fat ass wants to eat it. Like, what the fuck, nigga? Like, <laughs> now I just want a salad. Uh, what else? Italians. Italians are just some racist coons. They're corny, but they're entertaining. They got a temper. Here's an example of Italians' white privilege, especially with the women. Because they'll be loud, have a temper, and say it's because they're Sicilian or Italian or whatever. Like, imagine a nigga or a black woman being like, I'm obnoxious, but it's because I'm black. That shit would not fly for one second. But we're like, ooh, Sicilian, ooh, ooh, this is, this is male with with uh, some olive oil and red pepper flakes. Ooh, this is different. But it's like, but then we're like a bunch of ghetto niggas. It's like, fuck all that. And and, and they racist as fuck. I've met some like East Coast Italians and I'm like, yo, these niggas are like, I kind of like only want to see them on a TV screen. These are like terrible fucking people. Um, brown Asians, Polynesians to say nigga, because let's face it. You're disregarding our feelings because you grew up listening to Tupac or whoever and nobody was around to check you. All the black people that are cool with it. All the black people that are cool with like brown people saying nigga. I can kind of guess what their life is like. We know what type of motherfucking African-Americans are cool with that shit. And I'm not holding a Cambodian 15-year-old's feet to the fire that said nigga. I'm not going to do that. But once you're 22, 23, it's something you just don't need to be fucking with. 
like I see these new Asian crip rappers that'll be that'll be like out of Stockton or um you know like Southern California or, or even like uh fucking Pilos from Vallejo. <laughs> you know, and you know, when people be like, Well, you know, so you say like the N-word in your music, and I'm like, you know, that's just how I was raised, like you know, like that's just what it is, man. It's just how I was raised. Look, our parents raised us to do a bunch of shit that we don't do. And this this can't be one of those things. And like, and that's like a nigger feeling to me. Fuck your history and your feelings. This is how I grew up. So fuck how you feel about it. That is a nigger feeling. And I'm gonna like I straight up really do. And and you know that. I'm actually shoot myself some bail because I'm like, I don't even know. I don't even really think that this should be in like the list of my racial bias or whatever. But brown people that say nigga, I look down on them. Like I look at them as like, I understand it. And I'm not going to like the truth is, even if you don't like it, you can't fight every motherfucker this says nigga. Like, you really can't. You can say, hey, don't say that shit around me. Or like, hey, hey chill with all that. But you can't. But I, honestly, I look at you like you a fucking rat. I look at you like a roach. I look at you like like when you're old enough to know, like, yo, you, especially if you really influenced by black culture. Especially if you influenced by this. And again, like, I don't blame somebody where that is just kind of naturally part of the, their vocabulary. Because at this point, it's like, you know, motherfuckers is like kind of beyond first generation at this point. So it's like if you got an aunt that said it and then maybe you got a pops or a mom that said it and they obviously not black and you hear it in the music like it is a part of your vocabulary. But if you don't work to curve that, it's not to say you can't have a slip up. But if your attitude is like, fuck you and your feelings, that is a nigger feeling to me. And that is the same as African. And maybe this this I will say these facts play in to a lot of my um I don't want to say my anger but it has me just kind of like it, it has me very dismissive towards other races like so and with me being with the, me being dismissive in that yeah you could call it you know some 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 prejudice but but let's get into to the other fight can black people be racist Black people can be racist too, you know. No, the black man cannot be racist. We can be prejudiced, but we cannot be racist because we do not have the infrastructure to be racist. <laughs> I don't have like a soundboard, so I got to make up my own little sound bites from the news. <laughs> so, despite saying all this, even for myself, I don't consider myself a racist. Because everything I mentioned is based off experience and me being aware of how my blackness and sometimes my light skin blackness informs how others treat me. I don't think I'm a racist. I think I'm a black man that is very aware of the treatment I've got in the world and how it's been based off of my appearance. Like the weird white dude episode. Somebody was like a, a fan of the podcast actually was worried I was talking about them. And he told me he listened to every episode except that one. And I said to him, dude, you're weird and white. 
but you're not weird about my blackness. You're not weird because you're white. We can turn you any race and you're still going to be a fucking weird guy. And that's great. That's great. You're weird. You're smart. You're cool. It's great. But I'm talking about in relation to my blackness, in relation to our blackness. <coughs> Excuse me. But black people being racist. We can be prejudiced. Anybody is capable of committing a hate crime, including us, black people. But where do we have power? We wouldn't make you feel welcome. We make jokes about white some food, but seriously, the barbershop that's being leased from somebody that isn't fucking black. Like, we're going to make you feel uncomfortable there. Like, are you really concerned about how how you feel in the black barbershop? Really? And, and chances are, like, niggas are going to be like, hey, come in, come in. Yeah, yeah. You know, we welcome everybody. If anything, them niggas are probably going to treat you nicer. Even the radicalized brothers that can't do shit but say words you may not like or post things you may not like, they can't they can't hurt you. Black Americans really can't do shit but hurt your feelings with things we say. And that's all it really is, is just shit we say. And I'm not and I'm not trying to say like black people don't like we don't have any power, and I'm not trying to like underestimate uh things that we can do in this country. I'm just saying, like, if you're really talking about some white kid born in fucking Iowa uh, that on, like, a farm or some, or not, not Iowa, let, let, let's take a white kid that's born in, like, a like a white ghetto, which would be an opioid epidemic place, like, I don't know, um, like the Appalachian, the fucking Appalachian, App- what is it, the Appalachian? I'm not Googling shit. <coughs> But say a white kid born there, right? We're in all types of opioids, uh, the new crackheads and all that shit. A black person is not fucking up his life. A black person is not stopping a white kid from doing anything. Okay? Affirmative action. When has affirmative action really, really fucked up some shit for a white person that they can honestly think of? What is the, like, it, there are no affirmative action mayors. There are affirmative action police officers. Really? Is that? <laughs> you know how black people feel about the police. So I'm saying, like, we really can't, you know, let, let's stop that conversation. Let's unpack white people's levels of racism. I want to get into the less extreme levels. It's the obvious high levels like KKK, neo-Nazi. It's the ones that say nigger in private or that have a meltdown and say nigger and they like they have a caring moment or call the cops on some black guys and they have and they have their little viral moment. It's the closet racist that say nigger on YouTube and Instagram. And then it's the ones that that'll you know they're like yeah i have a maga flag and a thin blue veil line flag and say awful shit on facebook and you know i'll share blue lives matter propaganda but i'll shake an african-american's hand and be nice to them i see nothing wrong with my ways i never use racial slurs martin luther king was a good man like that's the obvious you know those are the top levels but then it's other shit like it's not like white racists that are like you know I vote for Obama third time, and they're 
hardcore Bernie Sanders loving white people. And they had some like really fucked up racial bias, you know? Like, let's take Tim Duncan, for example. Mr. Fundamentals. He didn't talk shit. White reporters and fans would talk about him in this way that had coded racism to it. I like he's not flashy. Plays the game. Doesn't complain to the refs. You like Tim Duncan because he's not a nigga. You like Tim Duncan for why you hated Allen Iverson. You know, and to me, that is that is a level, just the way they would talk about a Tim Duncan, it felt very coded, the same way they would talk about AI. It felt coded, coded racism. And these are from <clears throat> people that I can only assume are progressive Democrats or whatever. I was talking to a friend of mine, Jacob, and Jacob is this uh, Jew. He he is self-described as being Irish and Jew-ish and like ish in like the blackish way, not like the actual literal way. But basically, we're talking about like TV shows or whatever. And he was like, you know, one thing for me is I can't get in to Empire. I can't get into Moesha. And I'm like... He's like, I can't do like, you know, the the mid I can do like black excellence, like the excellent black stuff, but I cannot do the mid-tier black level stuff. And I was like, hmm. And I was like, well, I mean, I was like, well, first off, Empire and Moesha are not even in the same stratosphere, even though I agree, like it's not like the best of the best. But I was like, but she watched fucking Entourage. <laughs> and it's like we both agree that like Entourage is like very it's like fun to watch from like a, a like ooh just easy storyline and all that. But the point being was he was like, yeah, I can watch mediocre white shit, but the black shit I watch has to be like you know top of the line. And that and I was like, well, that's pretty fucked up. He's like, yeah, it is fucked up. I do have some you know. I do have some uh, soul searching. I, I got some unpacking I need to do. Like, yeah, that is pretty fucked up. And that to me, though, is a great metaphor for being black in America. And I mean, and if we really want to unpack, unpack, I mean, shit, I can bring him on the show. But if we really want to unpack that, like, I, I get it. Like, I would rather watch like a, a black mediocre movie like New Jack City or, or Belly over like you know, just because it like looks nice and there's like it's somewhat relatable on a cultural level than like watch a fucking episode of Friends. So like I I do get how like that racial bias can be there when it comes to like on screen entertainment. But with that point being said, we can like we can just say okay that's entertainment, but let's indulge the idea that it bleeds into the medical practice or a grade school classroom. Like, let's just indulge that. Like, because I don't think many white people reflect. Well, I don't think many people reflect, period. But when white people aren't reflective, it can actually affect people's lives because they still are the majority in this nation and they still are in positions of power that do affect black and brown people's lives. And I think you have these self-proclaimed white progressives that want a cap for women and people of color that fit their agenda. And that and that agenda is often people of color that are gay or trans and sometimes women. Heterosexual black men 
don't fit into that. Heterosexual Latino men do not fit into that. And that makes us an enemy. Or not an, an unspoken enemy. Because with white people, especially white progressives, a lot of their racism is unspoken and coded. I think certain things also are just ingrained in white people. And I think divide and conquer is on that list. So let's unpack brown folks' levels of racism. And keep in mind, when I say all this shit, it is from a black man's observation deck. But let's get into it. And I know like you have straight up prejudice and racist Mexicans, Southeast Asians, Indians, obviously, South Americans, them island Latinos, and so on, and, and Cubans, obviously. We see how we portray, how, how the black ones portrayed on Telemundo, always the maid. And as a young black man that grew up in Los Angeles, I did watch a lot of Telemundo with the sound off, if you catch my drift. <laughs> but anyways, let, let, let's keep it to American. Let me stop. You have, and like, this is something I see in like California and Arizona and Texas. You got a lot of Mexicans that really just want to be white. And I don't mean this in like a Sammy Sosa kind of way. I mean, they think like white men, you know, like they have a brown wife and they might go to the, a brown church and community gatherings. But they have this sort of like pull yourself up by your bootstraps, first generation way of thinking. You know, I started my own business. Get over it. That's just life. You know, when it has your lemons, you need to make lemonade. And some won't acknowledge racism and, and say some goofy shit like, yeah, so what? You can complain or you can gain what you're going to do. And you, got, and you got closeted racist brown folks, too, obviously. Let's not forget that. You are the ones that want to be a minority only when it's convenient. You got you got the ride in the fence ass brown folk and, and Asians. But, you know, that, that that's another conversation. Because there is this tone deaf aspect that comes with brown people that have money. Because, I, I mean, I've told y'all about Indian niggas being dicks, right? So I'm unaware of the why, history, colorism, whatever. But let's get into this, okay? So it was this one young Indian man that uh, he he helped me, like, run a, a – it was a free show with, where it was tip-based. And on average in tips, you make anywhere from, like – a hundred to two hundred dollars on tips, and don't get it twisted. Lyle Barron still get a cut of that bar, okay? Anyway, so <laughs> there was this lady, and she posted in one of the comedy uh groups, um, hey, like, because she's a teacher, she's like, hey, I'm trying to raise money uh for these kids so they can go on this trip. Is any comic willing to let me run the show? And then I handle the tip jar, and then blah 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 blah, and comics get some tip money. And then it goes to these fucking kids so they can go on a little bitch-ass trip and become nothing. So <laughs> what he does, this nigga fucking tags me in the public comedy group. Hey, Lyle, let's do this. And I, and I text him, take that bullshit down, you dumbass. And then he's like, no, it's for the kids. I was like, nigga, what the fuck about my income? Like, and not that, like, a... Uh, uh, a weekday free show because obviously I run shows to make a lot more money. But he, the whole point is, and then like I eventually told him why he was a fucking asshole for that, and then of course he agreed. 
But my point being, in that moment, he didn't consider to me. He didn't consider me. And that is a level of racism. Yes, I'm aware we're talking about $150, $200 some dollars in tips, you know, on a great night. But it was how comfortable he was trying to control the situation, put me on blast publicly. Come on, it's for the kids, Lyle. What the fuck? What the, what the fuck's your problem? He didn't consider that this is part of my source of income. Yeah, I had other shows that make more money than that. But it's equivalent to me having a day job and then I'm a waiter at a steakhouse three nights a week for extra income. And he's asking me, so what So what do you make at the steakhouse? Just give your tips that you work for. Come on, man, just give it. That's some entitled cocksucker thinking, especially when I put money up to get people to fucking come out. So now, so you're essentially saying like, hey, Lyle, like, come on, lose some money. Fuck you, bitch. <laughs> He thought about the white lady and the idea of being a good person more than he did me. My feelings, my work, my brains did not matter in an instant knee-jerk moment. And to simplify it, he'd rather take money from the black man to offer something to the white woman. And I say rather because there was zero tact on his part and he did it publicly. But that is a prime example of brown people showing that they can, ju that they can just be a different flavor of house nigga. And he's not the only comedian of color that put a white person dilemma ahead of mine. He's not the only one. I'd use that because like it's it's a fucking it's a good example. <coughs> Excuse me. But my point is, yeah, man, is is uh is brown people the, the levels of racism that I see with, with Mexicans and Indians is they have like a very house nigga streak, especially the ones that have money. I saw this thing on the internet that I can't stop laughing. It says something like Mexicans make over 50K a year and become Republican. And I just fucking thought that was the most hilarious shit ever. But anyways, the Indians and Mexicans, I, they have like this very kind of like, again, it's the feeling of nigger. It is like, because nigger, like I said, is a feeling. Moving on. Let's unpack black people's levels of racism. <laughs> I'll say our levels are different because, again, it's less racism and more so just bias and ignorance and saying ignorant shit. I said stuff about blacks and LGBT people on uh, the Problem Women episode. But again, like when you hear black folks say some homophobic shit, especially men. If you give a fuck about black people, it's important to understand the origins, not accept it, understand it. We live in a world where our manhood is tested, our intellect is tested, our place in whatever desired field is tested based on what we look like. It's going to be tested at some point. So when the subject of sexuality and men wearing dresses is brought up, you got to understand why a nigga would say, get that gay ass shit out of here. Especially Generation X. Them 90s niggas were so fucking mean to gay people. But, like, I mean, the other thing that black people will do <laughs> is, like, we'll do some shit, like, like if we, like, smell some food we don't recognize, like, mm, what the fuck is that shit? <laughs> like, man, it's these, it's, these, uh, Mongolian, it's these Mongolians, it's these Africans in my apartment. Man, it be smell like, like shoes. It be smell like somebody's boiling shoelaces. What the fuck is that shit? 
and just calling like other ethnicities food nasty. And it's like, nigga, all you eat is like catfish and coleslaw. Like, just calm the fuck down, you know. But again, that that that's like a level of our ignorance. And in regards to black people committing what we can only describe as hate crimes towards Mexican vendors, uh, we could even say towards Asians, you know. Uh, and again, I'm not going to let my, I, I, it's not even my people. I'm not going to let nobody off the hook. But what I'm going to say in regard to all those things is, and I'm just speaking for California. In California, there is a history of tension in Black and Mexican communities. There is a tension of Blacks and the Koreans and Asians that buy liquor stores and having issues. There was Latasha Harlan. There was that case. I can't remember her name, but um, in the 80s. And I think she like caught some friendly, friendly fire, but it was this Asian woman that was killed in uh, Westwood. There, there's a there's a documentary about it on Netflix, and so th- there's always been a d- racial tensions that exist on the West Coast, and it's spilled and bled out and other things, and it's evolved over time. So, and, and that is its own conversation. This nigga loud. I want to address the real facts. No, no, it 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 really is its own conversation. But in large, like, I guess, and, you know, this this may be some bias on my part. I'm, w- I'm willing to admit that because I have a hard time seeing, like, I can see, like, black folks saying a lot of ignorant shit about other people. But the honest truth is I see way more black folk with Stockholm Syndrome. I see, like, and this is one thing, like, I'll say... And I didn't really get this as much in LA, but when I moved to, to the Bay when I was uh, 13, is I was like, these niggas are like so fucking nice to these white people. And I felt like there was always like this kind of component of the white man's ice cubes are colder and like, yeah, yeah, yeah I, w- I want to get cool with the white folks. I, and, and and look, I want to throw out that we are the world bullshit and like, no, man, we just get along here. You know, it's like, it's, it's, it's different. No, 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 fuck all that. Okay. Fuck all that for, for what I'm about to say. I think there is this sort of thing of standing next to a white person makes you feel more legitimate. Standing, really just standing next to somebody that's not black as a certain level of legitimacy to whatever the fuck you're doing. I see, like, I mean, honestly, me, I see more self-hatred, you know, in, I don't want to say black folk, but in niggas in the hood, than I really see other shit. Like one thing in the Bay is like so many niggas think they popping if they got an Asian girlfriend and it's like, calm down, nigga. This is the Bay Area. Everybody has an Asian girlfriend. You're not doing nothing. But there's this thing of like, yeah, you know, I got this Asian nigga, I'm this white bitch. I mean, and there was like this this time when uh black com- I, I saw Damon Wayne's do this bit, but it was basically how brothers will have like be so happy they got a white girlfriend and she'll look busted as fuck. You know, so that's what I see. So since I'm talking about race, I feel it's only right that I have a giddy, bright-eyed, millennial, white Jewish lady to tell me. Uh, basically, I'm like, all right, because right. she's kind of like a secret agent because she's white. <laughs> Hi, <laughs> Jewish. everyone. 
<laughs> hey, Ariel, glad you're here. Thanks for having me. Ariel just had a very kick-ass day. You know, she, she killed it with her slides, her presentation. She's got a new job. She's doing wonderful, and we're so happy to have her here. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. So, let's get into it. We obviously know we different and shit, but do you remember the first moment you thought, we don't do that in my home, or we don't do that in my community? Like, the first time you felt something was different? Because I remember feeling like, when I would, like, have, like, white babysitters and shit, I would feel like, ooh, this is different. Like, and mm -hmm. I'd be around, like, that, you know, their kids and their family. The first time was um, in Long Beach, when we moved to Long Beach, when I was, like, six or something, six or seven, and my mom was, like, trying out babysitters, and there's one she was, like, oh, hell no, because these kids were, like, running around, writing on the walls. And I was, like, and I've only seen that in white homes. I've never seen that in the black home. Oh, wow. Like, kids just, like, fucking up the house with no regard. It's funny because, like, I can think of times when I felt like, oh, this family does it weird or different or wrong. And it's always been, like, the whitest, waspiest families when I've thought that. Um, like, for like, I feel like there's, like, a level of formality to them just being at home. <laughs> <laughs> like, them niggas be tucking their shirt in at dinner and shit. <laughs> let, me get, let me give some background to your listeners. So I grew up in Oakland, but my elementary school was... So my preschool was Jewish. So like everyone I knew until I was like four, which is Jewish. So it's like, yeah, we all kind of are like the same at home. And then uh, my elementary school is a private school. So it's kind of like the richer people in Oakland and the East Bay who send their kids there. And so I was around all these people who would have like these like really nice houses and you walk in and like everything just looks like perfect. Like my family's house, like, we're a little on the messier side, you know, not like writing on the walls messy, definitely not, but just more like li pack rat. lived in. Oh, not pack rat. Okay, I don't know. I was Maybe like just my bedroom as a child. I was just trying to help with an adjective. Yeah. I'm not hoarders <laughs> over here. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. And so it was just like, oh, you know what it was? They would have a whole room full of furniture and not allowed to touch. Have you like white families? Yeah, have you been in one of those houses? Yeah, it's like with the is it with bougie black? I no, actually, it's probably a bougie black people that do that. Yeah, it's a it's a few where yeah. it's like, well, we don't really sit in this room, so yeah, you know, and like, then, the <laughs> and I carried through until I was in college. Like, I babysat for this family where, like, you walk in and like the what looks like the living room is there, the couches, the chairs, and like the fireplace. But it's like, oh no, we don't touch this furniture. We go to the the other back room where there's like the fun couch and the TV. And the toys. It's called like the not the showroom, but there's like a there's like there's a name a word for, it. for it. Yeah, I don't remember, but it, it it was just like so freaking weird to me. And so that was that like made me feel really uncomfortable. But I don't remember going to like like I've been to like homes of people of other races, and I never really felt like there was something that I was like, oh, I don't like this. <laughs> well, not not yeah. not like, but just different. So so yeah. okay, me for example, I noticed like. Um, I, I would say like, okay, with white families, especially like two parent white family households. And cause I, I like growing up in like the, growing up at like the end of the nineties. Cause all like my memories kind of like started like 1995, mm -hmm. 96. So I noticed that where it's like ones would be like a mom stays at home and the dad works. There'd be like this kind of they, it was like a system where it's like the woman does this, this, and you know, because like with black families, it felt like, and even other families, it kind of felt like, you know, there's like a sort of like 
I, I maybe equal partners. I mean, not that that's not equal, but I mean, because like she's handling hers and he's handling his. But it's like the woman's like, okay, on Tuesday night is casserole night. On Wednesday night is fucking McDonald's, <laughs> and we get McDonald's and we get a bunch of burgers. And on this night, we do this. Yeah, that was like a thing. And then going to like Asian homes, like Filipinos and, and stuff like that. Shoes off. Shoes off. Oh, that's a big one. You know, I totally remember going to a lot of different Asian homes. It's always shoes off. Um, I actually, one of my elementary school friends, her dad was like this super famous yoga guy. He was Chinese guy, Rodney Yi. Shout out Rodney. Um, and like his house, they had like a whole room where it's literally just like a yoga room. So it's just like cushions and like this thing that suspends from the ceiling where you can hoist yourself up to the ceiling. It was hella fun. And yeah, no shoes allowed. I do remember. What being, type of food did they have at the house? I don't remember what we ate. I feel like it'd be a lot of like celery and shit. I don't remember what we ate from that that one. Like it was nothing notable to me. Right. But um, but I do know that uh, when I in middle school I had a Japanese friend, and like I was so fucking jealous because we took the same bus and we got off the same stop. Sometimes I would go over to her house and hang out, and she would always her mom would always be like, "Let me make you some ramen," and I was like. I wish my mom would just make me ramen when I got home from school. Like, that was not allowed in the Sharp household. What kind of ramen? <laughs> was it like, you know, like, was it like, you know, like, because, you know, it there's top ramen. It wasn't cup of noodles. It wasn't like the kind, like, top ramen. It was the kind that comes in, like, the package where it's, like, you have to kind of, like, you have to create your own bowl. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's what, I, that's what I'm asking. Yeah, it's like it, Japanese ramen. Cause we but get, it's still instant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We get, like, the kind of, like, Korean ones. Like, yeah. if you saw the movie Parasite. Ariel will tell you I lost my mind during the scene where it was basically they're like they're having instant ramen noodles with like in a really expensive like wagyu steak and I was like we need to make this I was like <laughs> I was so fucking obsessed but so anyway so yeah okay yeah it's like that did she like add like an egg or a little extra yeah, something they, on like, it? they had little sprinkle things on it I mean it was mm. kind of big, little fish cakes oh you know the fish cakes that have like the white and pink uh, spirals. I yeah. Was super jealous. They look so pretty. I wanted some. I first saw, saw that on Pokemon as a kid. Yeah. I first saw it in a friend's lunchbox. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the difference of diversity of SoCal and NorCal. Oh, well, there's no Asians in SoCal. No, there's Asians. They're just like, <laughs> I don't know. We, I mean, not that like it's no Japanese in SoCal, but it's like, you know, it's like Filipinos, Cambodian, obviously Chinese, but you know, yeah, it's more like that. Do you remember like the first thought about race you had and felt guilty after? I actually remember the first time I ever did something racist was, uh, Lau's so excited. I just saw his, his, uh, look, it took a podcast for me to <laughs> like find this out. It's like, yeah. well, no, it's showbiz. All right. <laughs> well, the oh. first, no, the first time I ever did something racist. Wait, describe my smile. The corners of your mouth just kind of like ticked up. Like, this is going to be good. Right, right, right. <laughs> So I was in junior kindergarten. Like I mentioned, I went to Jewish preschool, so I hadn't like gone like at a synagogue. So like I didn't do they guilt you into learning the alphabet? We learned it in Hebrew and English, actually. Okay. So no, we're better. Um, <laughs> but um, it was my first time in like I guess like integrated school then, and um, I was sitting next to this girl. The one I mentioned from before, actually, Adesha Yi. Wow, I shouldn't say her name. Whatever. Um, I was sitting next to her. She was super nice, by the way. Like, I, if anyone knows her, it, um, <laughs> she's a very nice person. Is she? Is she black and Asian? 
No, she's she's just Asian. Okay, well, okay, okay. She, okay. Yeah. Um, so allegedly, like, she could be Angelie's sister because Adesha sounds kind of black. Adesha does sound kind of black. No, Adesha, no. come here. Adesha. No, both her parents are uh, Chinese American. Okay. I know. Um, but I remember um, being like, her nose is too flat. I don't want to sit next to her because her nose is too flat. <laughs> and I, I had a Japanese teacher. Like, I didn't think anything of her, but it was Adesha's nose was too flat. I think she also had boogers in it, but like... Oh, <laughs> man, we got to eat. like, her nose is too flat. And, yeah, I look back on that, and I'm like, wow, what a dick thing to do and say. I should have told her to just blow her nose. Leave it at that. I don't remember if I told her to her face that or if I told that to my parents that I wanted to not sit next to her because her nose was flat. But, yeah. I just had a flashback I had. First racist thing. What? Well, so, like, actually, I didn't say uh, my racism towards, like, my own people on this. I mean, I said Africans and Caribbeans, but that don't count. You know my thing with black people where I'm, like, I get real regional racist. Mm. Like, I'm, like, man, Chicago niggas are so extra. They always be <laughs> killing people. And even, like, the ones that ain't killers, when they walk in a room, it's, like, the stereotype of, like, black people from L.A. being Hollywood, which is black people from L.A. are not fucking Hollywood, but, like, it's like, you know, it's, it's a chill culture, but black folk from Chicago, it's like some of them chill, but then some, you got some of them. And I don't know if that, I don't, it's probably something that a Chicago nigga can enlighten me on. But the ones, like they say they're from Chicago and there's always a Chicago nigga, man, he ain't really from Chicago. He from the suburbs, man, he from West, he from whatever. But so anyways, them niggas are so extra. And then the booger thing, and this is what prompted me that, that, because when I remember moving from LA to Oakland, and just feeling like these niggas are so dumb. <laughs> these niggas are like below average intelligence. I mean, because it was like the music that I hear on the radio, and I'd be like, because I went from like you know Snoop and Dubsy and all that, and just guys that were like actually rapping, and then these niggas rapping off beat and shit. So, anyways, there was this one kid, and he lived below the unit uh, that uh, you know my mom uh, lived at, and then basically like they try to set me and this nigga named Marcus on a play date. He like 13 years old with boogers in his nose all the time. <laughs> That's awful. It looked like a fucking like I threw up. <laughs> <laughs> like actually, you know, I got a weak. <clears throat> oh no. You know, for our listeners, I have like a I, I don't know if it's the only child thing, but I have like a weak stomach and a weak reflex. So like if you fart in front of me or like I walk in a room and I smell a dump, like I will throw up. And then <laughs> I, I if <laughs> ah, excuse me. I have like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I have like certain, like I had a memory a few days ago of a hair, a hair and a chicken sandwich I found from like a year ago at a Eureka in Berkeley. Don't eat there. And I threw up just from that memory, and it was like a long hair. I'm not gonna get into it, but yeah. Anyway, so back to my racism is that's like a thing that I think about is is like is like yeah like these types of niggas do this and it's just kind of like man New York niggas like they think they're cool and they are but they can also be real corny if they like lean into they cool too much like when it comes to black folk I'm like man you know how these southern niggas are so like yeah my, my shit is more like regional I see anyways Back to you. I was I was about to I was about to like go into this thing where it's like 
Man, all the niggas that grew up in Phoenix are kind of crazy. Like, <laughs> but anyways, um, so during Blackout Tuesday, a lot of white people and others confronted their bias for about three weeks and then moved on after they posted the little black square. But prior to George Floyd and all that, did you ever feel need to confront your racial bias or how you just view race? Yeah, I mean, I think that you know a lot about that because... No, I mean, (laughs) outside of uh, us meeting and having fights. Well, that was like... Well, I would say, yeah, because prior to that, I I thought I had and did. And then when we were together and you pointed out even more things I hadn't considered. Because, okay, I knew about, like, the white savior archetype before we met, well before we met. And when I went into, like... um, uh, volunteering, I was like very explicit. Like, I'm not really doing a whole lot. I'm just doing a little bit. That's all. Like, I'm not going to like pat myself on the back for like doing something crazy. Cause I know that what I'm doing is just an hour a week. I'm hanging out with some kids so that their parents can have like, uh, it was like at a homeless shelter, the parent for families. So like the parents would have like a counseling session. And during that hour, the kids had like a kid's group to get them away from the parents. So I would just go for the kid's group and help them like manage like there'd be like a bunch of kids right so i would just show some of the kids and make it easier on the staff it's not like that big of a deal and i never was like i am doing this to save (laughs) the children i will teach them but you felt like (laughs) a good person doing it it was well i would actually say it has more to do with what you referenced uh, in our fight, which is like, I, I'm not even trying to bring our fight up. No, 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 but you were right. So, okay, 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 okay. okay. We're not I'll, I'll let you say it. I'm not, not gonna fighting say anything. about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, so what Lyle said was like, you can't deny that the fact that the only time you're interacting with like people of color and like black and Latino people basically is when you're you're helping them, and you can't deny that even if what you're doing is actually like beneficial in that moment it has an effect on how you view those people because your only interactions is in the helping capacity. And that was super enlightening to me because I felt like I had already like decided I wasn't a white savior and decided I wasn't like doing the whole lot and saving people. But that was a really big impact on me because it was like, oh, it's not just like, how do I think about myself? It's also like, how do these experiences impact me and like, my own biases i didn't realize that that was the case but it really was and i think that after i stopped volunteering there and i was like oh you know what i'm gonna just like not like stop going straight to helping and go to treating people like true equals and i know it sounds like very basic but but thinking about it from that perspective it really did change the way that i thought about like myself and whiteness um but like i said before we even had that fight uh, yes, I had thought about it, but I hadn't gotten all the way there. <laughs> what about, and, and I asked this just because of the 2020 that we had with George Floyd and like the mm. social media pat on the back awareness during Trayvon Martin. Cause I, cause you were, you grew up with Oscar Grant. I mean, you didn't grow up with him, but you no, know what no, I mean? Like, yeah, the, I rem- the it was events. really significant. And actually, I remember, like, a, one of our teachers at Berkeley High had gotten arrested, and he had this, like, black eye from the cops. It was a big deal. It wasn't just, like, something I knew about. Yeah. Yeah, and then were you were you in D.C. when Trayvon Martin? I was, yeah. So, okay, then you're in, like, you know, uh, 
political capital when Tray- Trayvon Martin happened. Yep. And then when the die-ins were happening, too. What, what was the die-ins? Die-ins were happening, I want to say it was when Ferguson happened. So, like, it was, like, these protests where people would all go and lie down on the floor for, like, an hour. So as people, like, in, like, main areas, like, on campus, it would be, like, the uh. main square. Or, like, in D.C., it would be, like, at, like, Lafayette Park near the White House. And so you'd walk around and just see people, like, on the ground. And it's, like, this is how many, like, black men are dying. I was not a fan of that. Yeah. I didn't do them. Yeah. Yeah. very. But I also was, like, kind of, at the same time, like, I don't know if this is for me to do or if it's for me to kind of be quiet and, and not do. But I think now, like, with the George Floyd stuff, like, and white people just, like, came all the way out. <laughs> you know? Like, you look at those crowds, it's, like, mo- mostly white people, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, I... I mean, I had my reasons why I didn't want to go and protest. Yeah. I mean, they, they mainly wore for, I mean, one was like COVID and then, but then we're like, nobody got COVID from it. But, but then it's like, outside of that, it's like, no, this is white people's shit. Yeah. This is like, if white people really give a fuck about black people, they can go out there and go in front of the cops. Because, and it's not that I'm fucking scared. It's that I don't feel that we've been doing that for years. And I don't feel that that is a black. And if you're a black person, you want to do that. I'm not going to like label you anything, but I'm just going to say I don't think it's on a, like a, a black person's uh, shoulders to burden that yeah. because honestly, there's not enough of us in this country to like do shit. And anyways, so like we need allies, right? And I would say looking back on like the 2014 era when there was like the die-ins and and that kind of protest. I mean, that was what I experienced in D.C. Um, I think that, like, if I were to do it again, because at the time I was like, I agree with everything. And, like, I'm just going to, like, you know, take a step back and make sure, like, I wasn't, like, a huge activist on campus or anything like that. But I think that in hindsight, if I were to change my behavior, I would probably um, maybe do more on, like, the, like, structural things, like, things that I could actually control, like, at GW um, that didn't just have to do with police brutality. Cause I think back then it was a lot more just about like police brutality. And now it's kind of like all encompassing like black disenfranchisement. Definitely. Definitely. So about college. So you did not really have, you didn't have a diverse friend group. All your friends was white. Do you think, and I know that you do wish, I mean, I would assume you would wish that cause you've had a Latino boyfriend and a black boyfriend I would assume that you probably wish you did have more, more of a diverse friend group, if if I could assume. Not that you would like kick any white friends off, <laughs> other than the one. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, it's funny because I tried <laughs> when I was in college. I remember like there was a girl I would be like, "Hey, you want to hang out?" And she just like wasn't interested. But they were like, I think at GW is hard because there like aren't very many black people there. Period. And and like in a very black city though. In a very black city, but. DC is one of the most segregated cities in, in the country. Oh, so I've heard. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's not like I didn't like encounter black people in DC. Like that's definitely not the case, but it's more so like the people that I was like closest friends with in college were not black. To answer your question, would I have wanted that? Yeah. I think it's very important to have people from all walks of life, like that you're friends with because you learn a lot more about yourself and you kind of expand your who you are in the world, you know? Well, well especially college, too. Yeah. I mean, and not to do, like, the, the ugly age-old stereotype of, like, yeah, that's when that's when girls start 
getting a box ate by another woman. That's when girls start eating box, and that's when they fuck a black guy. Like, cause there is that like kind of you know. Oh, I know a girl who did both those things. Right. <laughs> you gotta have her on here. I'd, I'd like to talk about those. I things. I think she's dating a dentist now. And only those things. <laughs> see, she got it out of her system. That see that like she's the stereotype. Like, she, she is was... literally the stereotype. Yeah, she had a long distance boyfriend in Israel for a while, and then she ended up dating a dentist. Yeah. So, let me ask you, you personally, though, because you are a Jewish white woman, but you are also somebody that looks very Jewish. Do you think you would hear more racist shit if you had straight hair? And maybe even more waspy features, but, like, let's just go with straight hair. Do you think, like... No, I think that I hear the amount of racist shit that I would be hearing anyways. Um... Because I think, like, there is, there's totally a thing of, like, okay, we don't want to, like, say this around that person, but here's what I was thinking. How do I say this? How do I approach this? That kind of thing. I definitely get. I think because of who I am, people know that they can't really just, like, come around with that. Like, the only time that someone has been, like, like saying something, like, explicitly racist, thinking I wouldn't have a problem with it, was when I was at a friend's house for Thanksgiving uh, in college, and it was, like, her cousin... Her, her grandfather was, like, talking about what they used to call, like, walnuts or Brazil nuts. They... Nigger nuts. Toes. N oh. Did he say... I mean, not that it matters, because it's all the same to me. Yeah. But did he say nigger toes or nigger toes? The second. D-R? Yeah. Okay. I, I say nigger so much, I forget. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot the order as soon as it left my mouth. <laughs> yeah, so the grandma called it that, and I was like, ooh. And then, like, a little bit later that night, her cousin was like, did uh, did my grandpa tell you what he calls these? And I was like, yep. And he's like, what do you, what do you call them? And I'm like, I'm not saying it. She, he's like, no, 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 what was it? What was it? And he was just, like, really trying to get me to say the N-word. And it was really just to, like, kind of, like, troll me, I guess. But and these were Italians? Italian, Irish, upstate New York. Yeah. I'm t oh, my God, those are pieces of shit. Like yeah, and so, and, like, Megan was, like, mortified but it's like, okay, these are your people, <laughs> you know, like. So that brings me to my next question is about accountability with people around. Like, how, well, first off, do you feel you have any problematic friends? Uh, yeah, I mean, I have a lot of white friends, so, so that that squares. I mean, outside of the assumption in the Lyle Barron's world of, like, all white people are evil, like, how fucking, like, like, how problematic do you think they are? I think it's more so, like, the white woman, like, claiming to care but not really showing up type archetype. Right. Is the issue. And um, I have a friend who's been called out for that before by her. So she's got, like, a really close friend of hers who's Puerto Rican. And, like, there was some it, interaction that happened at um they basically someone said something racist to the Puerto Rican friend and then uh my friend didn't say it didn't like stand up for her or like they the Puerto Rican friend had like kind of laughed it off something along those lines and then later I already on, know which friend this is and then later on the the Puerto Rican girl was like what the hell like why didn't you stand up for me and the fr my friend was like well I thought you were fine because it it looks like moved on like I mean I didn't agree with him but it was basically like no, you kind of have to go go a little harder than that, you know? You can't just be like, 
well, that's just what he's going to say now. And this girl's just got to deal with it, you know? No, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. I mean, I think, like, I mean, I have a whole, I mean, well, I'm going to do an episode about white friends. But I think, like, you got to choose your white friends carefully and you got to decide when they're acquaintances and if they're actually going to be friends and you're going to let them, like, in the inner circle. Like, like Jacob has, like, a lot of, I actually said it on this podcast, like, so I was hanging out with Jacob and he was basically, like, yeah, I can't really watch mediocre black movies or TV shows. Like it, I like I'll, I'll watch like an all black cast where it's like excellent, top tier, da da da. But I can't watch some shit like Empire or Moesha. And <laughs> I was like, you know, da da da. He's like, no, I realize like it's racism, it's fucked up because I will watch like some mediocre white shit. And but like the thing is, like the reason a guy like me and him could be friends is a white dude says something like racist to me and he pushed him and said all right get the fuck out of here because yeah. he, he he knew like if i handle it it's gonna be a thing so he was like you know what? i'm gonna handle this for my mans so that's why i can be friends with somebody who's problematic because right. like when it counts da, 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 da. right and i actually like i had a whole conversation with my friend after the only reason i know this whole incident happened is because it was something that was like she brought to me and was like am i fucked up here and i was kind of like yeah <laughs> You are. So, like, to me, I'm like, okay, she's still thinking about it. It's not just, like, nothing to her. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> bitch is a bad person. <laughs> I disagree. Okay, all right, all right, whatever, whatever. All but, right. but I I mean, I think she apologized and, like, does better, yada, yada. Mm, but it's like, they're from fucking bumfuck Connecticut. So, it's like, you know. No, no, you, 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 you can't have real expectations for those types of people. Um. Yeah. What's your line when it comes to, like, say shit like that? Or because I mean, I know my line is a black man, but my my question for you is because you are you are in concert with me, mm-hmm. so my thing is like, all right, what's the level what, from friend to relative? Like, what's your line? What basically like race is problematic uh, behaviors? Uh, being right. tolerated. What's your line for even say, uh, you know, disowning somebody? I mean, disowning somebody, I probably wouldn't get that close to them until if I learned this. But I would say my line is like, there's different lines that you just ask. And, and I don't mean like how how they they could treat me like in person. I mean like how they treat other people in the world. Sure, or like yeah. something you would just hear them say. And I, and I don't want to, like, make it the height being, like, saying nigga. No. Okay, so I have an uncle. Uh, he's married into the family, which matters to some extent because it's not, like, blood-related. But he has said some really fucked-up things about Mexican people. He thinks that black people get ahead because they're black and it's affirmative action. He doesn't like that because he was in the military and thought he should earn a pr- promotion when someone else got it over him or something like that. And he just fucking sucks. I'm gonna like, I don't like him. He's always been very kind to me, but like that doesn't fly with me. Like the fact that he's willing to just be like, oh, there, when we, so the fucked up thing that happened was this was like 10, maybe 12 years ago. We're staying at his house in Ohio and he sees something on the news about people crossing the border and the border police like shooting beanbags at them. And he goes, See, the problem is they're not allowed allowed to fire live rounds. 
And like, you're literally saying to murder people who are trying to come here for like a better life. Like at the time I was, I didn't have the articulation of saying like why that was wrong. So I just asked him a bunch of questions and then thought about it for 10 years <laughs> you know what I mean? or told a bunch of my family here. And I was like, that's not right. Like, why, why should they be killed? Like, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Um, and, and especially knowing, I already knew at the time what the desert is like there, like a million ways to die. Like, that's just inhumane. Right. So yeah, I would consider him disowned. He doesn't know it, but he doesn't know me that well. <laughs> But what about like a friend in private? A friend in private? Yeah. So like, let's say, example. well, let's say a friend that uh, never had, let's say a friend that's never met me or a friend that uh, I met and I never had a bad interaction with, mm -hmm. but like, what would it take for that? Or, or, or like, or like, I mean, cause for me, like if I see like a white person cool with some shit, I'm like, I can't fuck with you like that. Cause mm -hmm. I disown a lot of I mean, like, I wouldn't say disown, but, like, I don't fuck with, like, a lot of yeah. white people that I had casual relationships but with. But what, what would they do? Like, tell me. Well, no, it's like, like, what would they need to say? I mean, because it, it, chances are it'd be verbal. Like, yeah. what's something you could hear that they, like, a, a thought or an opinion where, like, ah, I can't fuck with that? Well, I can say that. Um, so yeah. I would say that. <laughs> I was just talking. It was supposed to be for continuity. I know. I know. We, 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 we had to edit that shit because blah, 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 because anchor. So, <laughs> so I was like just going to set it right back up, but go ahead. Go no, because I was literally going to go jump right in. I had this all planned go, out. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. A friend would have to, well, okay, saying the N-word, that's just like a no-brainer. It's like, I don't care how you say it. Say it with an A. Say it however you're going to say it. It's no. Goodbye. You know that's wrong. Um, I would also say like doing some sort of like trying to be funny and, and like doing a racist impersonation of a black person like you know what i mean i don't know if they get it right i might laugh <laughs> no 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 like you know, you know the white people who are like um i'm gonna put my hair like in in a do-rag and like oh you know yeah I mean? like blackface logo yeah yeah yeah, yeah like, yeah. like when white people do like impersonations of black people like sometimes it'd be real cringe and other times it'd be like this fucking coon i love it like, <laughs> I mean, that's like a, just a hell no for me. And then, I mean, any number of things could, could I, like, there's one time I kicked a guy out of a party for saying the N word in college. So, you know, I mean it. Also, he's a grandson of a senator. Mm, um, of course he is. Yeah. Democrat so, or Republican? Democrat. Duh! From Maryland. Yeah. Senator Cardin, your, your grandson sucks. <laughs> Fuck you, Max. <laughs> Fuck you, Max. I, I hope Chris Partlow rapes you in jail. <laughs> he did get a DUI. That's why he was getting all upset because all the N words on the jury found him guilty. <laughs> yeah, good for them. <laughs> um, good for the N words, Ariel. Good for the for the the wonderful esteemed members of the jury. But he was upset about the N words. He was very upset about the N words. Yeah. He was Ariel wrong. basically just said she, he was upset about the niggas without saying it. The N words in his words. He I, said I thought, it. I know, I know he did. I just said I thought like I thought Jews, you guys were very into continuity. So he's like, Jewish. well, as he said, well, you know, but yeah. he's like East Coast Jewish. Yeah, Baltimore Jewish. Yeah, West Coast Jewish is different. Like a lot of like the ignorant shit black people say about Jews is East Coast. 
Yeah, and which is why, like, I kind of... Oh, you know what? I actually didn't say, like, um... Because I, I talked about all my racism up front. I have a Jew right here. So let me say it. So here's my thing with Jews. Is, so one, there's this thing where it's like... How do I put it? So, so like, my stereotypical shit is, like, Jews think they're everybody's mother and father. They're like, I no, am. you need to do this. You need to do this. Yeah, yeah, Ariel is. Yeah. And not just mine, other people's. Like, like when we did shows at Alameda, like, Sammy looked like he had HIV. He was, like, so fucking skinny. And then Ariel was like, like oh, is he eating enough? <laughs> so that's what. He has sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he looked, he looked fucking sick. You know, mm-hmm. he, he looked like he was in Dallas Buyers Club. Oh. <laughs> that's a good, look, I haven't told a joke in a million years. All yeah, right, no, so, so there's that. Then the other thing is that, and Ariel actually made me understand this, because, like, when I talk about, like, niggas being homophobic, I, like, be like, okay, but here's the why. So, with me, my thing was, like, no, Jews, like, they fucking know-it-alls, and they think, like, you know, and da-da-da-da-da, and, because, like, experiences that my mom had in her own life that I'm not going to go into, and just, and shit I've seen in comedy, and even before comedy, and other areas, and Ariel's like, well, you have to understand, it's like, in Jewish culture, it's like, we're used to debating a lot of things. Yeah, that's, like, literally our culture like for thousands of years has been like okay here's this one thing that's being said now this other guy is gonna like get really famous off of talking about this one thing was said in his interpretation you know this other guy's gonna interpret what that other guy interpreted and we're all gonna talk about it and then we're gonna study it a lot and then we're gonna you know like 10 jews 11 opinions you know right and like and like in black culture there's like a lot of debating but like the way you approach it is kind of different there's kind of like this the respect just hits different. And I'm not saying the Jews are disrespectful, but there's a certain way that Jews can go about things where it's like, motherfucker, you disrespecting my intelligence. Whereas like a Jewish person would be like, wait, no, I was just, I was engaging with you. Like I'm engaging with you on the ideas. Like that is respect, you know, like that's just like a difference of culture, I think. Sure. Agreed. Agreed. And, and things like I hear about like in my mom's world, where like oh like she had a situation where there was a I'm not even gonna say how it was because she listens to this podcast I don't fucking know why. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> hey Aria, let's talk about threesomes. No, anyway, so <laughs> anyway, so um no, she was saying like it was a situation and where it was a Jewish dude and was and basically. Where like she used a certain word and he said, What's that mean? And she said, What's it mean? And he said, Hmm, let me look it up. And she's like, You don't fucking believe wow, me. Wow. And that's then, rude. <laughs> yeah, and, and of course she was right. Yeah. She's my fucking mom. But like <laughs> that's like it like that's like a, a an example of how yeah. black people can feel. But, but then you take it to the East Coast yeah. where it's not as um progress like just the even East Coast Democrats are not as progressive as West Coast Democrats. Senator Cardin. <laughs> there you go. So even even with even with that right there, I think and when I say Democrats, I don't mean actual politicians. I mean self-proclaimed progressives. Um, but yeah, so like with that and the way that the the landlord uh, laws and certain things like that worked out for Black people on the East Coast, being that a lot of tension was based from like and not just Jewish landlords, but Jewish landlords, Black tenants, and certain things like that, and then and um. So I think like when a black person says something like like Jay-Z, wonder how all the Jewish people own all the property in America. That's how they did it. And I think there's a sort of thing when like a black person says something about Jews 
that is uh, an ignorant compliment or they don't understand why or whatever, Jews act like, oh, yeah. Like, I mean, the JDL do be trying to cancel niggas. Let me, can we, since we did regional for black people, I think we need to talk regional. Oh, let's do it. Let's do it. Like, let's do it. Jewish, I'm here for it. For Jewish people, you do have to be more specific because, like, we are not all, we are not, we are not a monolith, you know? Agreed. Um, I know black people love that word, so. <laughs> no, 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 fuck we don't. That is a certain type of, that is like a root.com Negro. <laughs> Well, okay, so Jewish people are different, and it varies from region, but it also varies based on, like, their family history. So, like, in New York, you get, like, Jewish people like me who are very, like, just kind of regular, secular, like, we come up in Jewish households, we have Jewish traditions, but, like, you know, we're progressive and, and all that good shit, okay? Then you have, like, more conservative Jewish people, and I don't mean religiously conservative, like, I, my I'm a conservative Jew, quote-unquote, that's what it's called, but that doesn't mean I'm politically conservative, it's different. Um, you've got people who are like ultra orthodox and those are the ones with like the hats that you might see. And then you also have like the modern orthodox. Can I tell you something about the orthodox thing? Yeah. Jamie Foxx had this funny joke when he was on Jimmy Kimmel. Cause he said, he was like, oh, you know, my daughter, or no, he's like, you know, my sister, uh, she got down syndrome. And, you know, I'm like taking her around LA, you know, we was in Fairfax, you know, they got the Hasidic Jews. And she was like, oh my God, why all these people look like Abraham Lincoln? <laughs> That's awesome. Shout out Jamie Foxx. I knew an Irish girl who thought that Amish people and Hasidic Jews were the same thing. That's hilarious. <laughs> the Hasidic Jews be using like iPhones and shit. Though. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. only time they don't use that is on like the Sabbath. Okay. Yeah. Um, although, it, although in their home they like don't have internet. I don't know. It just depends on who they are. It depends on the sect. It's not like all Hasidic Jews. But long story short, to go back to like. Yeah, the regional Jews. The regional thing. In New York, there's like, and on the East Coast in particular, there's a lot of. I would say like more conservative leaning Jews, but they are very touchy when it comes to black people. And I would say they have anti-black, if not tendencies, then large streaks within them because like something like the Michael Che joke on SNL turns into like, it's, it really has to do with Israel and like that being like this new touch point in the last, in the last 15 years, there's this whole element of Jewish people who may or may not be super religious, who use Israel as like their main political issue. And that's a real problem because then they turn anyone who wants to criticize Israel into someone who's anti-Semitic. And at the same time, they view people like black people who look at the struggle of Palestinian people who get their land removed from them and like things where there are analogies to black experience in America they view all black people as having ulterior motives of being pro-Palestine and anti-Israel and therefore anti-Semitic. And so like, that's how they view black people as like, they just want to bring down the Jewish state. And and let me make clear, because Ariel was on a roll and I didn't want to cut her off. But to be clear, the Michael Che joke in question was Israel vaccinated. Wait, let me say it like him. So Israel vaccinated <laughs> half of its citizens. The Jewish half. Yeah. Because I'm guessing it's the Jewish half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it was funny. Um, it's a good joke. It was literally eight seconds long. And, 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 like, and like, you know what? Like, I feel like a more pussy comic would have been like, I wonder which half. But like, I appreciate that you just said it. Yeah. And it's funny. And like, I, I knew it was going to be a shitstorm, but I, I thought it was funny. Like, I didn't have any, 
I think that is a that is an example of a joke that's specifically not anti-Semitic. It's literally just a criticism of Israel because they aren't vaccinating people in the occupied territories. They, they're like, not my job. So, I mean, if it quacks like a duck, you know what I'm saying? Let me say something about Israel and Palestine. Oh, good. No, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> in relation to young black men like myself. Don't be expecting niggas to know shit about that. Mm-hmm. And and I mean that in not a that black people we're too bombarding with our own problems to care about other people, but I do mean it that way. And I mean it that way in the sense that I care about Mexican kids in cages because like what happens in Mexico, I'm going to know about on that on that level. You know what I'm saying? But there's a sort of thing where it's like. I mean, especially like in, in the Bay Area where in woke internet culture world where it's like, you don't know about this, you fucking piece of shit. And it, look, niggas don't even know what intersectionality means or whatever the fuck that word is. That's not like me, the homies, like we've never said the words intersectional mm-hmm. in conversation. But, but that you've a, meant it in things you say. Sure. But I mean, I don't know what that means because that's not a word that's part of my vocabulary, but that's a, a, a word that's part of white I know about the world and let me tell you about this and how this is fucked up and how you're being this. <laughs> it was like, invented by a black woman. Sure, sure. A lot of things was invented by black people we don't fuck with. Jazz, for example. Vaccines. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, my goodness. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. All right, well, that's, that's the clip. That's, that's the clip for this episode. I hate it, like, all, like, the quick little clips, like, you, you fucking go harder than me. I don't, I don't like that. Whatever, fuck it. Like, like Benny the Butcher said, like, like a, a real nigga ain't a boss till he makes his bitch one, so there you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, but what I'm saying, because, like, I was on stage one time, and, like, this dude, uh, before I got on stage, this dude yelled out, uh, fuck Israel. And I just, I just associated Israel. Oh, Israel, Jews. I was like, uh, no, I want to create a showbiz. Uh, don't say fuck Israel. I'm trying to get on. They don't think that's me. What's going on, Hollywood? And then everybody laughed and it was, it was, it was like funny. And then I like, I, I posted the quote on Facebook because I was like, you niggas need to hear this crowd work because I didn't tape it. And then this, and then this like one dude's like, a Jewish dude, Jewish comic. He was like, no, but for real, fuck Israel. And then was, I hate those types. Oh, okay. We get into another type now. <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm here for it. So anyway, so that whole thing, and I was just like, and it goes back to that scene in Straight Outta Compton where uh, fucking uh, Jerry Heller flips out. And he's like, can you believe this anti-Semitic bullshit, Eric? And then Easy's like, I mean, it's just a battle rap, Jerry. Niggas don't even know what anti-Semitic means. And it's true. Like, niggas don't know about that. Like, niggas are just rapping or making jokes or whatever. So with Israel and Palestine and other types of issues like that, there needs to be this thing because there was already, like, niggas really just learned how the prison industrial complex worked. And because of, like, dumb hotep niggas on the internet, niggas still think that the basketball player Michael Jordan invests in private prisons when it's just some white guy named Michael Jordan some other shit. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, that's like a thing where it's like black people were like, like, you buy his shoes and he invests in private prisons. And it was really just a white dude named Michael Jordan. That's funny yeah. and bad. I mean, that's like, there's a lot of dumb people on the internet, black and white. And that's yeah. the black side. And, and you see the white side. Together. Too. <laughs> it's, it really, it really, <laughs> fuck, it really, fuck, it really except with vaccines. But other than that, <laughs> it fucking does not. Anyways, back, back to the Jewish types we heard. Okay, so. I covered the conservative type and like, I think that's where 
a lot of the tension between black Americans and Jewish Americans come from is because there is this reactionist like part of Jewish America that is like, if it's against Israel, it's anti-Semitic, and I'm going to make a big deal out of it. And I have an organization that's behind me. And then I have APAC. And then I have like all these mechanisms at my disposal to like make this person, ruin this person's reputation. And they go off on anything like the Michael Che joke. Like, I mean, that's a perfect example of like, don't use your energy on that joke because there are actual people trying to shoot up synagogues. Yeah. And they're white. Like what? Okay, there was that one black guy who was stabbing people in New York, so that's different. But um, Jewish people. But I mean, it's a one person. He probably thought they had money. No, he was like mentally cuckoo. Okay. Yeah, yeah. he was like a black. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, but exactly, it's like nuance. You know what I'm saying? You know, there's no black conspiracy against Jewish people. Like, so. (laughs) (laughs) You know the black conspiracies against Jewish. It's it's like Louis Farrakhan mumbo jumbo. Yeah. And it's shit where it's like. Yeah, but nah. All right, we can agree to disagree on that one, but um... no, 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 no. Okay, here's an example. So there's a thing, right, where it's like you can talk about niggas and bitches on social media all you want, right? Louis Farrakhan is banned from social media. Uh, Plenty other people never been banned from social media. Farrakhan doesn't use certain explicit. Now I'm not saying Farrakhan. I'm not gonna go into the should Farrakhan be or not be on social media. But what I'm saying is there's certain shit where it's like, okay, I get how brothers can buy into that. I personally don't buy into it, but it's a, I get it. Fair enough. And then there's other kind of Jewish people that I alluded to earlier. The one was like, fuck Israel. It's like, <laughs> shout out Michael Scherzer. Oh, yeah. Shout out Michael Scherzer. Okay. So. <laughs> Yo, he blowing up on TikTok saying fuck Israel. Okay. So that's the problem I have. Because it's like... Well, I don't know if you're saying fuck it. I don't be watching these I videos. I mean, I view that as like Candace Owens. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Okay, so... but and Also, my, Michael's a friend of the show. So I'm not gonna... I'm not like talking shit about Michael. But I'm saying no. Michael has been... I, we can talk about John Alcabez. I don't care. I'd rather talk about Michael. Sure, sure, sure. All I'm saying is, is the homie Michael, he's been blown up talking shit about Palestine and talking, uh, not shit about Palestine, but fucked up shit Israel doing to Palestine. And he's got all types of angry Israelis in his DNA and he be trolling them. He doing the new thing. You know, like the first time this felt so old is like when I see like on TikTok, I, they can do like a background of a tweet. Yeah. I'm like, how the fuck does that work? And like now these <laughs> like kids are trying to cancel Eminem. It's fucking crazy. But Anyways, the, the, like they already tried that in 2000, like grow up. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right? We couldn't, I mean, R. Kelly, they tried. He was, he had too many hits. But uh, the, the type of young Jewish man that goes out of his way to be like, yeah, fuck Israel, uh, I'm riding with Palestine. I'd say that it's like, okay, I see it with a lot of Jewish women too. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it's not like. This isn't like a Bernie Bros phenomenon where it's like a bunch of dudes. I'm going to just Facts. put it that way. But the issue that I have isn't like um, that they, I like disagree with what Israel's doing. Cause I actually, I'm one of those people like 
no matter who's talking to me, they're probably going to think I am very on a, a different side. So like when I talk to Jewish people, they tend to think that like, I'm very lefty when it comes to Israel that like, Oh wow. Like you don't even think this should happen. You think all the settlements should go away. And I'm like, yeah, they're illegal and they're awful. And they're like, like there's all these things that I disagree with about Israeli policy and, and use of force and all this stuff. Um, but then on the other side, when I talk to people who are not Jewish, like often, especially in the Bay area, it comes from this place of like, I don't know a whole lot about it. I just know Israel's evil. I'm pretty sure. And so, <laughs> and so from that perspective, it's like, no, there's actually nuance here. Like, um, like all of this comes from like what happened prior to the founding of the state, which is like white colonialism. And that's not Israel. Like, like all these conflicts around the world, there is a problem because of white colonialism. And they're just like, we're going to just put these people over here and these people over here. We're going to draw this line and we're going to give this people power and then say that they have power over these people. And then we're going to switch sides when we feel like it. And like, that's really like what got us in the scenario. And it's not that Israelis were the settlers. It's like they were literally begun, like being persecuted in their homelands. And did they have like a settler mindset when they went to Palestine? Absolutely. Like they went there talking about it like it was a totally empty land, which obviously wasn't. But is it as simple as they were just like Christopher Columbus and they just went to Palestine and decided it was theirs? It's not that simple. Like people were getting like murdered, raped in their villages. Their villages are getting burned down. Like it's more complicated than that, you know? So then when it comes to like, well, just fuck Israel. Yeah, Israel shouldn't be a state anymore. It's like, okay, like, what's your big fucking solution? Like, what is it? Because if it's really like, they all have to leave, okay, where do they go? Like, it's more like, you're kind of an idiot because you're thinking of Israelis the same way that you, like, you see an American Jew and you see they're doing fine in America. And that might, that's for the most part true. And you think mm -hmm. like, all Israelis can just move to America? Like, what? <laughs> Like, that's a whole other country, you know? Like, I'm sorry, but you got to deal with, like, some of the facts on the ground here. And, like, I disagree. It's like black, the back to Africa shit. Yeah, and it's like, I disagree with, like, the Netanyahu government. I disagree with, like, a lot of Israeli things. And I usually disagree with most Israelis about their politics because they tend to be more conservative. And they're like, well, you don't understand. Cause you oh, they love Trump, Israelis. Yeah, yeah, some, some deaf do, but, like. But that's not even like the thing. They love Netanyahu, which is the real problem. But then they're like, well, you're not the one having rockets fall in your neighborhood. So you, how do you even have an opinion about this? And the answer is it's all really fucking complicated. And when you boil it down to fuck this or fuck that, you look at, you look stupid. I like that. I, I like that a lot. Ariel, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. That has been our show. Thank you very much for tuning in. Boy, I certainly would get canceled if I ever got on a show just for this podcast alone. No, but I mean, I do think it's very important for us to have these uh, types of conversations where it's very honest, unfiltered. And, you know, I say this shit because hopefully you listen to this and, you know, maybe you think or something or, you know, you just go, man, that, this motherfucker's spitting, which is which is always my first hope whenever I speak. Anyways, that being said, subscribe, Apple, Spotify, share the pod, all that good stuff. Have a good weekend, and I'll see you on Monday. Be well.